Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Praise the Lord. Well, we got a special treat for you today. Glory to God. Uh, good friend of mine, a pastor's in uh, Laramie, uh, Four Square Church there, Pastor Bobby and his wife, praise God. Uh, um, how long have you been there now? Just uh, been for eight years, pastoring. pastoring for three, praise God. And uh, Pastor Bobby went to Israel with us when we went this last time, and we had a good time there together, and, and uh, I know it was a great blessing uh, to him. And um, anyway, I've asked him just to come and share with you, praise God. I ask you to open your hearts, and uh, praise God, he's uh, Lauren's pastor now down there, and, and soon to be uh, Zach, praise God, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> no, no, praise God, he'll, uh, he'll enjoy it there, glory to God. So, Pastor Bobby, come take your liberty, and uh, uh, youth, yeah, yes, youth can go, praise God. You're dismissed. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. They're getting the pulpit for you. So, love you, man. Amen. Well, good morning. It's an uh, honor and a joy to be here today with Pastor Danny. Uh, yeah, Danny is, Pastor Danny and I went to Israel together. It was a great time, a cool time, uh, probably the the worst part, the worst thing about it was I had to leave my wife for, uh, you know, 10 days. And that was the first time we talked about, I was telling, Pastor Danny got to met, meet my wife, Josie. And uh, she said, that's the longest we've ever been apart. And it was, the truth. And, and uh, so anyways, but it was a fun time. And uh, it was good. I, I have a picture of my family I wanted to show you. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. You guys are ready. Yeah, so that's my family. Um very far left, that's Adrian. He's uh, 17 years old. He just graduated a couple weeks ago from Laramie High School. Obviously, my wife, Josie, there in the middle. And then on, on I guess, on the right side is Damien. Uh, he's my oldest. He lives in Denver, Colorado, and he is uh, 22. He just turned 22. And so, yeah, that's the family. And I just wanted to, you know, they couldn't be here today. Josie, my wife, is actually preaching at our church in Laramie today, so... She's bringing the thunder over there. She's, she's a firecracker. So, so yeah, it's good. But uh, that's my family. Let's pray. Uh, let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I love you. I praise you, God. I thank you for what you're doing in this house, what you've already done in this morning in worship. God, we thank you that your presence is in this place. And, Father, I pray that I would decrease and you would increase inside of me. Lord, that I would speak what you would want me to speak, Lord, and only that. And, Father, that the seed that would be planted today would fall in good soil. Father, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive, God. Even myself, I prepare myself to hear your voice, even as we're going through this uh, next few minutes, God. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you, and we declare victory in the house in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, shout amen. Amen, amen. 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 Yeah, Pastor Danny is a blessing to my life. Uh, I met him in 2020 about, I think it was in May, May, April, May, he stopped by uh, the church there uh, and uh, just to say hi and uh, to meet me. He had seen that I was the new pastor and uh, 
So he stopped by, and, uh, and I asked him to pray with me because, you know, you know when somebody carries the, the anointing and there's a power of God on their life. And, and Pastor sat, we sat in the office and talked, and then before he left, uh, I said, you need to pray for me. I need you to lay hands. And he didn't realize that I had just stepped into the senior pastor role January of 2020. And uh, we, we just figured that he figured that out when we were in Israel. We were talking about it. He's like, when I just met you, you just had started. I said, yeah, praise God. That's why I had you lay hands on me. <laughs> you know, I needed some of that anointing, you know, some of that. You know, it's, it's amazing to meet men of God that are, that, you know, he planted this church, right? And he's still with it. And, and it just speaks volumes of his character. And I uh, want you to know that you guys are blessed with your pastors. And so can we give your pastors a hand this morning? Amen. Yeah, he is an awesome guy. Well, I want to read just a few, couple verses, and then we'll get started here. I want to read in uh, Romans chapter 12, the first two verses, and then we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then if we jump to Second Timothy chapter 1. And verse 9, and I'm actually going to take the last word of verse 8 and then into verse 9. It said, God, who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. That's amazing to me that, that the purpose of my life was given to me, given unto me, before time began. The purpose of our lives, of your life, has been given to you even before time began. That's amazing to think about that when we get into difficulties in our life and struggles and stresses of life, that we begin to sorrow or sob about the, the tough times that we're in. And, and, but we need to remember that God, who has saved us and called us, he's done this even from before time began. That's amazing. It, it gets me encouraged. Uh, and, and I stirred up in my spirit. And, uh, you know, as obviously as a guest here, you don't know much of who I am other than Pastor Danny just introduced me. And now you're stuck with me. You probably thought Pastor was going to preach today. But I'm, you're stuck with me this morning. And so I wanted to share just a little bit of my testimony and where I have come from. And, you know, because when I think about who has saved me, that's how it started. He saved me. And then he called me. And that, that, that is important to each and every one of us as believers to understand that we are saved. And, and so my wife and I, we, we grew up in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We didn't really go to church. My, my family was really not a church-going family. Uh, my grandmother, on my mom's side, she was Catholic. You know, in New Mexico, there's Mexicans there. 
and we're, I'm a Mexican, and well, I'm a Mexican-American, and uh, we always say that, you know, we're Mexicans, we eat beans, and we're Catholic, you know, that's just, that's just kind of how it goes, you know, just goes with it, and so my mom's side was Catholic, you know, we did, maybe we used to go once in a while for Christmas or whatever, on my, mom, on my dad's side, uh, my grandmother was, is an apostolic woman, uh, she just passed away last year, I was honored to do her funeral, but she was an apostolic woman, I don't know if you've know those women that they don't wear no makeup, no earrings, just a, you know, holiness woman, just fire of God, you know, she, they believe in the power of God and Jesus, but she lived in a legalistic kind of a way, but uh, nevertheless, as we were kids, as I was a kid, I remember her taking me to church, um, and I was so, I'm so grateful even now that she did that, because in those services, I mean, it was a Pentecostal church, right, and so you, 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 you experience the power of God. I remember going to Mexico with her, uh, traveling, and we went to church in the morning, and we would eat at, there at church. We'd have lunch there, and then we'd come right back into service uh, for the evening service. And, and uh, I would see people. That was the first time I saw people laid out under the power, uh, people just laying there and crying, weeping. I have, remember my great-grandmother was with us, and she was praying so hard on the, on the benches that everything was shaking. I said, what is going on? And I turn around, this old lady's just on her and just shaking, shaking, shaking. But I'm so thankful for those things that, that have impacted my life. I didn't, it didn't really do nothing other than I experienced it as a young age, as a young kid, maybe 10, 11 years old. But even now I look back and I say that was the seed that was planted. That was the thing that was placed, that, that experience with God Almighty, the living God. That's why it's so awesome that you guys are going to camp. You know, that we, we talk about that the kids can get that experience and know who God is. And, and you know, I want to tell you that that experience that the kids that I experience and the ones that the, the kids will go to camp, that's not to stay up on the mountain. Hello. You know, this is what happens because, you know, I went to camp with our youth last year, the last two years. And, man, they're on fire. They're weeping. They're in the presence of God. But then they come back down the mountain and it's like, what happened? And I said, absolutely not. This is just, you know, a declaration for my life and maybe for us as a church to say, you know what? That same experience that you had on the mountain, we're going to continue it here in the church. Every Sunday, every time we gather, every Wednesday, every prayer meeting, every time that we gather, we will experience the presence of God. And so I was, I'm so grateful that I, I had that. And so I went through life and, and uh, went to school. Uh, when I was in high school, we, my mom started taking us to a Methodist church, uh, and I always say, I think maybe, Pastor, I got saved in that Methodist church. I don't know, <laughs> you know, because I felt the call, I felt something there. I remember giving, they, they would uh, do membership, and they would ask you to come forward to do membership, you know, and all that, and I remember coming just bawling down one one after service, and the pastor looked at me, and he's like, okay, he like put his arm around me real awkwardly, and so, whatever, I, I may have given my life, I mean, I needed to. Nobody led me in that way, but nevertheless, a storm came into my life. I was 17 years old, and my parents got divorced. I think that's probably why we were going to church, because my parents were already, you know, there was issues there, there was problems. But nevertheless, they, they, they uh, got divorced, and... Uh, I was 17, almost 18, and you would think it doesn't affect me, but divorce affects 
people and kids, and it doesn't matter how old you are. And I was a good student. I mean, I was, a, I was in sports. I used to box. I boxed all since I was 10 years old. And so I was competitive in that at the national level. And, and so I was doing well. And, but then when that storm hit my life, it shaked me. It, it rattled my cage. It, it made me fall into drugs and alcohol at a young age, 17, 18. And Josie and I, my wife, we, we had met in high school. And we were together and, you know, not... You know, in a, in a biblical way, we were doing fornicating and in that stuff, just living life. And I went into just a life of sin, fell into that. And, and fast forward, my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time, she got married. Or, excuse me, she got pregnant. She got pregnant. I don't know how that happened. But <laughs> she got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And so she, she got pregnant. I said, man, I need to get a job now. And uh, I called my uncle in Denver, Colorado. I said, hey, I need a job. He got me a job with uh, this company, Hazelden Construction. And so I moved to Denver. I started working and uh, just living life, you know, just, just out of the will of God, serving the devil, doing whatever I knew to do best because, you know, that's whatever our culture is. You take care of your family. You, you do what is right. You know, whatever we thought that was, it's not involving God in any of that. But, you know, what that did was just take me further and further into the world in drugs and, uh, and alcohol and all that stuff. And mind you, we're still not married. Um, but there was a woman that began to preach and to testify at work, at Josie's work, and started talking to her about God and saying, I'm praying for you. I, I, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And Josie was a Catholic, you know, whatever, Mexican, eat beans, and Catholic as well. <laughs> and so she, she said that, man, this girl says she's praying for me. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever that means. You know, she didn't know. But finally, this girl uh, invites Josie to church. At their church, they're doing a family Sunday, right, where you invite families, and there's barbecue and, uh, you know, picnic-style church. And so we go, and uh, it's a, it's a her she was married to a black guy, so it was a black church, you know. And so they're, I mean, they're hopping, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I remember as a kid that hopping, right? I mean, because that apostolic church that my grandma used to take me, I mean, they're Pentecostal church, right? Just on fire. And I said, wow, this is awesome. You know, I just felt so relieved after service that day. And, and when we walked out, Josie said, what did you think? I said, man, I feel so much better already. And so she's like, hmm, okay. And so... You know, life goes on. We, you know, just a, the Lord was dealing with us, and and Josie and her. You know, when they got to work the next day, they said, "Well, how did you like it? Did you, you know?" She's like, "Well, yeah, but you know, it's it's like a little different shade, you know, different different you know style, different flavor." And they said, and there was another gal at Josie's work, and she said, "Well, come to my church and, and try mine. If it doesn't work, then you find we'll find a church for you." And so. They, the next weekend, she actually goes, goes to church, and I, I wasn't with her. I was working on Sundays that, during that time. She goes to church in Denver, Word of Life Christian Center, uh, Pastor Tim Bagwell, and uh, she liked it. And then I got off, you know, my routine of Sunday work. I went to church, and this man of God was preaching the Bible. He was preaching black and white, you know, heaven. You, there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun, but you need to give your life to Jesus, and 
and the, the, the Spirit just touched me. He, he grabbed hold of me, and, and he did, you know, they do old-fashioned altar calls where you come. If you want to give your life to the Lord, come run to the, to the front of the, you know, front of the altar, and we'll give your life to Jesus. And, and I remember he gave that call, and I ran. I ran down there, and I cried, and I, I just left my, I left my life there. And I, I really, that's when I knew I was saved, Pastor. It wasn't the Methodist Church. I was actually, I did, I had spoke, spoke, you know, said that prayer. I had believed it in my heart. And uh, so the rest is history. Well, well since from there, we, we uh, <clears throat> serving God, serving God, just wherever we could. We were ushers. My wife was, uh, used to help with the ministry, the, the kids' ministry. And, you know, we, we got plugged in. And that's something that we that I don't see nowadays is that, you know, we don't that that revival because revival starts in us first, right? And revival has to hit our hearts and grip us so much that you know, well, I don't just want to stay on in bed watching, you know, uh, service this morning. I'm gonna go to the house of the Lord. I'm gonna be with God's people. And so that's what really got us when we got saved. I mean, we came into the house. We served wherever we could. We needed that. Because there was bondage in my life. There was addiction. There was uh, drugs and alcohol addiction on my life. And so in order to break that, I had to completely sever relationships. And that's why, that's what I don't think that Christians nowadays, we don't know how to sacrifice well. We don't know how to suffer for Jesus. I'm not talking about sickness and disease and, and all I'm suffering in my, my bank account and all that stuff. No, I'm saying suffer the persecution. That comes when you serve the Lord. That, that suffering, what the Bible talks about suffering, it's the persecution. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about sickness. It's not talking about all that stuff. It's persecution from your own family. Persecution from people, friends, loved ones that you had relationship. I know in my life, I experienced that. An uncle that I loved so much that we, you know, he got me the job and moved me to Denver and all that. Part of really God's planning it all. But yet he doesn't believe in God. And he was uh, my, my, I mean, he was my favorite. He was like my brother. But I don't have a relationship with him right now. Be one day I will. He, the Lord's going to arrest him in Jesus' name. <laughs> Grab hold of him and say, come. But, you know, those are the persecutions, man. It was tough to not have that relationship anymore. But I stayed connected to the body of Christ. I stayed connected. I came to church whenever the doors were open. I, I got involved in, in wherever I needed, wherever I could serve. And that's something that we need to grab hold of even as, as, as the Lord tarries. But he ain't tarrying too long, I don't believe, Pastor. I mean, he's coming. But we need to be in the body of Christ, connected to one another. Let our faith be built up. Amen? Amen. But so get into this uh, scripture. Paul, uh, or in uh, first, Second Timothy chapter 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. God wants all to be saved. Amen? 2 Peter 3.9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, if we think that if we were just saved and that was it, well, then I believe, and this is what I tell my church, I said, if you thought that it was just all about being saved, then you would be saved and then you would die. God would take you up to heaven. But you're still alive. How many of us have been saved, received Jesus, and are still here on this earth? So because we are saved first, 
But then also we are called. We are called for service in his body and in his kingdom. God has a plan for each and every one of us. It's a gift of, that he has given us. And, and I want you to know that calling is not based on who you are, but of what God has planned for you to do. Because there's many times in our lives that we don't feel ready to do anything for God. I mean, if I told you three years ago, four years ago, that I was going to be a pastor, I'd say, you're crazy. Like, it's nuts. Like, not me. I don't, I mean, I would say, whatever, I'm an introvert. I'm uh, not a leader. I'm like, you know, I'll go, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But the gifts, the Bible says that the gifts and the call of God are without repentance or they're irrevocable. That in other words, he has called us from before the foundations of the earth. He knew each and every one of us where we'd be on this Sunday in 2023. And he knew what you, he had planned for you to do. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I mean, when we really realize that I actually have a plan, well, we have to figure it out. We have to live according to his word. But we must understand that there's something that we have to accomplish on this earth for the Lord that nobody else can accomplish. It's up to you to accomplish what God has tasked you to do. And nobody else can do it just like you. Are, are you encouraged or are you challenged this morning? One of you. But God is not no respecter of person. He's called since the beginning of time. And we must know that we are saved, but then also that we are called. Now, there's a calling that we see in Ephesians chapter 4 of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And we know these are offices of the ministry for the purpose of building up the body, for edifying the body so they can do the work of ministry. And so that is a calling that there are, you would say, people that go into the five-fold ministry are called to do. But can I tell you this morning that every one of us as believers of Jesus Christ are called to preach. We are called to preach. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. Well, no. Preaching means to proclaim. To proclaim what? The good news. The good news of Jesus. And so you say, well, what's the good news? What's so good about the good news? What's, what's the good news of the good news? I'm asking, I don't know. What is the good news? <laughs> oh, the good news is that Jesus came. He died for me. That he renewed my life. He, he redeemed my life from, from the grip of Satan. He restored my life. He restored me from cursing, from, from the curse of life, from the curse of sin. He restored me into blessing. Amen? And he redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed me from this life. And so that's the proclamation that we have to do is, as believers is to continue to preach this. And to know that that's what we are all called to do. Baseline, that we are to go preach the gospel to every corner of the world. Amen? Amen. You know, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday just a couple Sundays ago. Amazing time uh, to think about the birth of the church. That how... Jesus told his disciples to go tarry on Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And then you'll be witnesses to me into the uttermost parts of the earth. And so that's, we, we have to remember that the, the Pentecost experience is not just for a, a hot flash and a cold chill. But it's actually to empower us to do something. 
Amen. It's to empower us to go out and to be a witness. How many good witnesses do I have in the house this morning? Amen. Amen. And so we're called. But we are saved. We're saved. We're rescued. We're delivered from destruction. We're, that word saved is sozo. It also means heal or preserve or make whole. That's why healing is promised to all God's children. Because we are saved. We are healed. We are preserved. We are made whole. And we have to put our trust in Jesus. We have to believe him at his word. It's a choice. And it's not a hard choice. You know, I remember in Deuteronomy, when he said, when God said, I've put before you life and death. And what did he say? He gave us, he gave us a test, and then he gave us the answer to the test. He said, choose life, that you and your descendants would live. Amen. Amen. But God has known us, again, from the foundations of the world. He's, he's called us. Uh, he knows that he's formed us. How many know Psalm 30, 139, 13? For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's wombs. And then verse 15 says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. You were, you were made perfectly, wonderfully for, for his purpose and for his glory. Amen. There's a purpose for your life that only you can accomplish. And you have to understand, you know, because to everybody, it will come, oh, but I can't do this or I can't do that. And you're right. You can't. But who lives on the inside of you? The Holy Spirit. God Almighty lives on the inside of you. Are you happy about that this morning? You know, sometimes we get so upset and tied up with, with the way life is going, and we say, oh, you know, I just, I'm just in this rut, brother, you know, sister, I, I just need to get out of this. It feels like my prayers are hitting the ceiling, and they're not getting to God. You know, I just feel, you know, they actually, your prayers don't have to even leave the ceiling, because he lives on the inside of you. Amen? It says that out of your innermost beating, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. What's those rivers that comes out? It's the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, that strengthens you, that encourages you. And so we need to remember this, that we actually have everything we need inside of us. If I'm the only person that's the believer, I have enough. If I'm the only one that, that is thinking positively or that's, that, that, that wants to see land or change for, for Jesus, that's all it needs. That's all God needs, one person. And I'm looking in this church, there's enough firepower in this room right now to change Lander forever. Amen? Amen. Because we all have Jesus on the inside of us. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, what? Prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I mean, here's another one, right? It's just, we've got to walk in the good works that God has prepared for each and every one of us. Amen? You know, there's, there was the band that you see people wearing the, what would Jesus do? You know, Pastor, last week I talked about this and I said, oh, we're going to change it. And I asked my associate to see if we could make some, do what Jesus did. You know, instead of WWJD, it's going to be DWJD. Because we should be doing what Jesus did. Sometimes we get caught up on saying, what would Jesus do? Hmm, we become philosophers. And we sit by, and we ponder and we rub our, you know, and we say, hmm, what would he do? And Jesus wants to say, get up. Yeah. 
Have I not given you my spirit? Have I not empowered you to go and cleanse the leper and heal the sick and cast out devils? Amen? Amen. And so I want to do what Jesus did. And that's part of our call as believers, not just as a pastor, not just as an evangelist or a teacher or an apostle or a prophet, but as a believer of Jesus Christ first, that I must do his work. Amen? And so this story in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, we know that it's talking about Timothy. Timothy was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. He, was a, he had a Jewish mom, and his dad was Greek, though. And so you know the story that, you know, he comes on the scene really in Acts chapter 16 where he is, where Paul and Silas are, are preaching in Derby and Lystra. And they meet this guy, this guy that has been spoken well of, this Timothy. And Paul said, wow, I'm going to take him with me. I'm going to take him under my wing. I'm going to take him while I travel and preach and teach him. And really, Timothy was the protege of Paul. Uh, he was his son in the faith, you could say. And, but he was young. And I love how this, you know, we read, chap, uh, we read the ninth verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1. But I want to start reading again from, chapter, uh, from verse 3. In verse 3, it says, I thank God. This is Paul, is the author of, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture. Amen? But Paul penned it. 3 says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. As my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. I love that verse. It said, I thank God whom I serve a pure conscience. And I, and I just, you know, think of the trip, Pastor, when we went to Israel. Paul is saying, I thank God who I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. So he didn't serve a different God. Paul was saying, I serve actually the God of my forefathers. You know, and so it's just amazing, you know, when I was reading that scripture that it reminded me of Israel, that we, we serve the same God. I mean, they need to realize Jesus has came when we pray for them. But uh, we're serving the same God. Verse 4 says, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. And so Paul is writing to Timothy, he's to his protege, to his son in the faith, and trying to encourage him. I believe that as we read these, that he says, when I call to remembrance this genuine faith, there was something in Timothy that was genuine. It was real. There was something that he had grabbed hold of. Timothy was touched by God, you might say. He was, the power of the Holy Spirit had touched him and wrecked his life and, and had done something like, like, wow, really put him on a path of to serve the Lord. But I think the way it sounds is that maybe Timothy was dealing with some doubts and some unbeliefs. Because Paul is reminding him that he says, I remember your, that genuine faith. And I want you to cause remembrance in yourself. And I'm telling you, so, so Paul is telling Timothy, he says, something is going on. You may be, you know, and because we'll, we'll show you here just in a minute. But something was going on in Timothy's life. And he says, I want you to remember the faith that you have. It was genuine. But also that it was in your grandmother and in your mother. And I'm persuaded that it's in you. I know. Paul was saying, I know it's in you. I know the faith that your grandma had. I know the faith that your mom had. And I know it's in you. You know, when we're here in this life, we have to realize that there, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He comes with 
struggle and, and life happens to us. But us, as we're in the faith, we have to encourage one another and say, man, I know God has touched you. Especially because how many people have been touched by God and then we don't see him in church anymore? How many people we know, man, they just, man, God just got a hold of them. And for a certain period of time, they serve the Lord fervently. But then all of a sudden, something happens, and we don't see them. I love what Pastor said. He says, if you don't see somebody here today, give them a call this week. Mm-hmm. We missed you. Because we have to remind people. Because life comes. The storms of life will come. But when the Bible says when your foundation is planted on the rock that is Jesus, you will weather the storms. Amen. And so when we see that Timothy, he says, or Paul tells Timothy that I've seen this genuine faith, and I know it was in your grandma, and I'm persuaded it's in you too. Maybe he didn't see it quite on this face, but he says, no, I know it's in there somewhere. I know it's in there somewhere. (laughs) And it goes on in verse 6. It says, therefore, I remind you. So again, an exhortation from Paul. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which was in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul knew there was a gift deposited in this young man. He knew there was something in there. Pastor Bobby, yes. it's the same thing that happened to you. Amen. Whenever totally. you went. I'm preaching my, my took, life. It is. This is your life right here. Amen. Thank that you. was that seed that you were talking yeah. about. And so Timothy has that seed. A- and we, there's many people that have been touched. And my heart is right now that we're going to see many souls saved, many prodigals returning home, Pastor, and a revival is going to break out. Hallelujah. Because there is a lot of people that have been touched by the power of God. God has not been on the back end somewhere just waiting for the day to come for him to return. He's been working. The Spirit of God has been hovering over the earth, touching people's lives. But the life that happens has shaken people's uh, lives and, and have made doubt and unbelief come into people's hearts. But those seeds are still in there. Praise God. Those seeds are still in there. And where are the Pauls? Where are the Pauls that say, I know, I'm persuaded that you have what it takes. I know you can accomplish what God has called you to do. Amen? And so that genuine faith that he had. It was sincere. It was without hypocrisy. You know, there's a lot of people that mess up, but they have a genuine faith. Their, their, their faith is not, it's not hypocritical because you hear it from unbelievers, Pastor. You, you hear people, you talk to them and you say, man, why don't you go to church? I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm just not, I'm not living right for God. I, I'm not doing things. You know, I'm just caught up in this sin. And then we want to say, oh, yeah, you dirty sinner, you know, and whatever. But look at what, why, why are they staying away from the church? Because their faith is genuine. Because they know it doesn't mix. Man, I feel this so much, Pastor, right now. It, it, and so these people that are struggling to come to church, they're genuine in their faith. They know what is right from wrong. And they, they're fighting with that. And so who are we to be? Are we to be somebody say, yeah, you dirty devil, you're going to hell in a handbasket. You, 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 there's no way out for you. Or are we going to be like the Pauls that says, I know, I'm persuaded. I know that this faith was in your grandmother, that it was in your mother, and I know it's in you. Praise God. Come, give your life to the Lord again. Maybe you have to, maybe, you know, sometimes we, we, we go away from God, we walk away from him. But all we have to do is fall in love with Jesus all over again. 
Amen? We have to say, God, I love you more than everything. I love you more than what is going on in life. And give our lives to Jesus. Amen? And so this faith was in him from the generations. Amen. Verse 6. Therefore, okay, yeah, so we, we talked about verse 7. So it says, therefore, I remind, let's start with 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which was in you through the laying on of my hands. So he was stirring them up, right? Because there was something going on. I think there was something. And verse 7 gives us an insight. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why would Paul talk about a spirit of fear if Timothy was not dealing with that? Amen? So, so he's saying... God has not given us the spirit of fear. Timothy, you're, you're, you don't have the spirit of fear. That may be the emotion that you're feeling right now. That may be the thing that's going on in your life. But you don't have it because God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Dunamis, power to do what we can't do. Love, that agape love, that we can love people selflessly, like not looking for something to benefit myself. That's the love that he's talking about. And a sound mind. My goodness, do we need sound minds these days? I mean, a, a, a disciplined mind, a mind that is focused. Amen? A mind that doesn't wander with all the chaos that's going on in the world. The world is loud. The media is loud. But we need to still find that still small voice. That voice that says, I'm right here. I love you. I'll lead you. Follow me. Amen? So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then it says, verse 8, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Paul, again, is defining something that maybe Timothy was ashamed he, he could have been dealing with shame. Uh, verse 7 says, he's not giving us a spirit of fear. Now, I'm not trying to put, say something that's not in the Bible. But just me just asking questions. Is, why is he asking about the spirit of fear? And then why is he bringing up shame? Do not be ashamed. Potentially, don't know. Timothy could have been dealing with these things. Shame. And fear. He was young. He maybe was intimidated. But Paul is reassuring him do, and, and, and strengthening and encouraging. Don't be ashamed of this testimony of our Lord. Nor of me, his prisoner. You know, sometimes we can be uh, ashamed of our pastor. Sometimes we can be ashamed of our church. We can say, you know, we are a little radical. But, you know, we don't want to invite somebody because maybe pastor will call them out and give them a word of prophecy or something like that, you know. <laughs> you know, because we, we believe in the full gospel, right? We believe in, in the whole gospel, everything. And so sometimes we might get ashamed. Well, you know, I would invite you to my church, but it's a little long. You know, we, we might go after your, you know, appointment at the buffet or whatever, you know. <laughs> and so we get ashamed. Of our church, of our pastor, of the people, you know, oh man, maybe sister, whatever, is going to give a word in tongues, or maybe, you know, brother, you know, dude, dad is going to speak it, you know, whatever it might be. But are we ashamed? We have to ask ourselves that. I'm not ashamed, are you? Amen. And so he's calling us to hire. And so 
Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. It's his power, amen? It's his power. Let's, let us not be ashamed because it's not about us. Amen? We're saved. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God that heaven is my home. Thank God that Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. And so that's all I should be worried about. Other than that, live for Jesus. Be a fool for Jesus. Paul said, I'm a fool for him, for his sake. I, I want to be known as nothing. I want to be just whatever he wants me to be. Amen? Is that your prayer this morning? That you just want to be a fool for Jesus? Or are you too proper? Or too hallelujah, brother? I mean, I need my three points in a poem, and I'm done. But actually, I don't even know what point I'm on right now. You know, we sometimes want to get so polished and so cookie cutter that we lose the power of God. And we lose the power of God also, I believe, because we don't want to sacrifice. Because I think that fear and shame come, or being ashamed, or this fear of spirit comes from not sacrificing. Sacrificing what? Romans 12, we said lay our lives on the altar. When we don't lay our life, our wants, our desires the things that motivate us. You know, we want to be popular. We want to be liked. You know, how many likes did you get today, Pastor, on Facebook? <laughs> you know, and we want, well, we want to be liked, right? And so we fight this thing. We say, oh, yeah, I want to be liked. But we have to suffer for Jesus. We have to sometimes separate. You know, being holy, because it's, it's talking about a calling that's holy. He's called us with a holy calling. Holy is mean. Just separate, sanctified for work of the master. Are we vessels ready to be used by the master? Are we vessels cleaned for him? Amen? And I have to be ready to sacrifice. The Bible says that if you lose father and mother, if everybody goes behind you, he's going to restore all those things. Now in this life and in the life to come. So, you know, if whatever we lose on this life, in this life, he'll give it back to us. Amen? You need a father figure, he'll give it to you. You need a mother figure, he'll give it to you. You need a brother or sister in Christ, he's going to give it to you. If your natural family has left you, and you know, because you're a wacko Jesus freak, you know, he'll give you a new family. Because he says, now in this life, and in the life to come, eternal. Life eternal. Amen? And so I'm not worried about losing anything. I told pastors the other day, I said, I'm going to... Just preach as hard as I can because if they get mad at me or somebody doesn't like me, you know, whatever. I'm young enough to go do something different for Jesus, you know. <laughs> so I'm not worried. You know, we're just going to preach what God has shared us, you know. And every one of us are called to do the same thing. Why are you trying to hold up your, you know, status in the, in the community? And I'm not saying to go be a jerk, right? I'm not saying, no, you know, God didn't call us to be jerks. He said to love people. But, but sometimes our being ashamed and fear, we, we don't love people well because we're worried how is he, how are they going to, how is he going to respond if I say, brother, can I pray for you? What's going on? You know, we think too many times about on us when we just got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. He doesn't lie. And the things that God tells us to do at times are very, very scary. Amen. I have found that 
when you're faithful to him, when you do what he tells you to do, he doesn't leave you hanging dry. You know, sometimes we miss it and, you know, it's totally off but because we did it in the flesh. We did it carnally. We didn't have that guidance. We maybe, you know, because we all learn. We're learning uh, how to mature in the things of God. And so sometimes God speaks to us to step out and do something and we fail. Well, it's not God's fault. We maybe didn't do something right. We might not have heard him correctly. And so we just repent. We shake off the dust of our shoulders and we go. Amen. But I want you to just grasp this morning that we are saved first of all. But then it doesn't finish there. That we are also called. We are called with a holy calling that has been designed even by Jesus Christ even before time began. Amen. Did you, do you receive that this morning? You know, as I get ready to close, I, I was just, in our church this year, we, the word breakthrough came to me. Uh, that's what I felt for our church this year was breakthrough, that we would break through out of the monotony of things. Of, 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 I love that song, break down the walls, or what is it, shake, shake the ground of all my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Many times uh, we, we've made things that shouldn't be in the church. Or we, we just because we're doing it from the flesh, you know, from our minds. And we need to be doing it from our hearts, from our innermost being. And we won't go wrong. And so breakthrough has just been our word this year. And the, the verse that I believe the Lord gave us was Second Chronicles 16.9. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Is your heart loyal to him? Is that genuine faith that was found in Timothy, is it in you? And I believe it is. You're here on a Sunday morning when you could have been anywhere else. And you came to church, to the house of God. And so I'm not trying to say that you're not in that place. But I'm saying when we understand that and we know it's genuine and and when we love him and we're loyal to him, when we're, you know, not that we're perfect, but that we're loyal to him. Can I tell you that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro? They're looking. He's looking. Who am I going to show myself strong in? I think I'm going to use you this morning. I think I'm going to use you at work. You know, his eyes are looking. I'm going to move through you. I mean, it gets me excited. His eyes are looking for somebody who's loyal to him, who's faithful, not who's got it all together, not who is the most smooth or, or most charismatic or the most the brilliant, but who's loyal to him. It don't matter where you're at. And so I challenge you, be, get involved in what you guys are doing here in Lander with pastor. Whatever pastor needs, you should say, you know, and he didn't pay me to say this or whatever. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, we have to hold up men of God uh, and, and the body of Christ. But get involved and not just be fed. You know, I was at a good church, and I never wanted to move to Laramie. My pastor was on fire. He, he's my pastor still. And he, you know, preached the word of God. But I never wanted to go to Laramie. But my company ended up moving me there. I didn't share that part of my story. But I never wanted to go. But I realized leaving where I was comfortable in, in, you know, in Denver, it, it, God had more for me. And he expanded me. And sometimes we, f we get found in church that we feel like God's not, you know, we're waiting for that day that he calls me. Well, he's called you to be a greeter at the door. He's called you to, with children's ministry. He's called you to, 
help, pastor. What do you need? You know, I used to tell, uh, there was a guy I used to tell. I said, I'll go with you to a mission trip. Nah, I don't want to preach, but I'll carry your Bible. That's actually what it was like one of my first prayers a long time ago. Like, I just, I'll just be, I just want to be there. I want to see God move. I want to see and be in his presence. And then little did I know it, he was actually going to call me to preach, and I'm, I'm learning still, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a ESL, English, English as a second language. And so, you know, you have to forgive me, the grace of God. But God is good, amen? And his eyes are running to and fro to see, to show himself strong. You want to see God move this week? Okay, let me ask again. Do you guys want to see God move this week? I'm telling you, he's going to move. If we're ready, if we're hungry and thirsty, God will move in us and through us for his glory. Amen? Let's give him a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Jesus. Pastor, thank you, Lord. For God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Bobby, as you was ministering that, one thing you always have to remember, when you're called into something, you're called out of something. See, it's a, it's a two-way. We've been called out of something because you have to be called out before you can be called in. Because you don't want the two, the two don't mix. I mean, they don't, it has to be, you know, it's like our mind has to be transformed. We can't, we can't continue on with the same thoughts, the thought patterns in the same way that we've always been. What, do we, what has to happen? The Word of God has to transform our thinking so that what we enter into that's brand new begins to have a brand new outcome. You know, it's kind of like the, that little saying of stupidity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And so we can't take our old life and our old thought of the old way of doing business and uh, bring it over here for the kingdom's sake. It's kind of thinking about... Uh, um, Oh, it was uh, the uh, uh, Hell's Angel. Uh, I was trying to think of his name. It's not coming to me right off the bat. But when he first got born again, he went to all his buddies. And they'd pull over at a, at a gas station. And he'd take them in the bathroom, dunk their head in the toilet until yeah. they accepted <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Say, well, that might be the old way of doing business, but, you know, <laughs> you know with my love. <laughs> You know, he missed the love part there. He had to be, you know, bringing the old with, into the new there. It had to do a little bit different. But we're called out of something. And, and the way that we, even Paul talked about, he said, your, oh, your past conduct or your past conversation. Now, we've been called out of that into something brand new, praise God. And a lot of people, if we're not careful, uh, we can do that. We can start trying to live this new life with old principles and old ways. It, 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 you don't get the results you want to get like that. We've been made brand new, praise Amen. God. It's, and, and, and you know that we are supposed to be different, but we're not going to be different to be different. We're different because we have a new life. What, what's it different from? It's different from the way that we used to walk and live. It's a different, uh, you know, different life than how we, we conducted ourselves before. But this was really powerful, what you were sharing about that seed. It just shows the power of the seed that never left you. And it actually brought you back. As soon as you saw it again, you recognized it, and your spirit bore witness with it. It's like, you know, okay, I, you know, I might not be 
uh, you know, this is, and, 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 and like he was talking about how people, you know, they're convicted. I mean, you don't, you don't condemn people. People know when they're not doing something right. They don't need us to tell them, oh, what you're doing is wrong. Nobody likes that. But love never fails. So I want you to know you're valuable and precious. You're special and you're important to God. I said you're valuable and precious and special and important to God. Hallelujah. Let's just worship him just for a minute here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we just give you praise. We just give you praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What you started in us, you'll finish. Thank you, Lord. Just give him permission to do that, would you? This morning, just say, Lord, you got my permission to do what you want to do. Go ahead and finish what you started in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just minister to hearts right now, Lord, by your spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for your love. It's a great love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, maybe you're here today and you've just been doing things the way, your way. And, uh, you know, maybe for a while it worked all right for you. But now you found out it's not working so well. You know, you just need to let him have his way in your life. Because I guarantee you the outcome will be so much better. Paul had to find that out when he had his encounter with God. God says, how long are you going to kick against the pricks? How long are you going to go against me? How long are you going to persecute my people? And, but whenever he turned his life to him, all of a sudden his life took off. God wants to do the same thing for your life. Hallelujah. If you're here today and things are not working so good for you, you might ought to look and see, was it God's way or was it your way? Did you decide to do something your way or did you do it God's way? There's a higher road, praise God. It's not the easy road sometimes. Sometimes it's the hardest, one of the hardest things you'll ever do, the love walk. Praise God. Hallelujah. It, sometimes it might be the, one of the hardest things you've ever done. Sometimes it's like, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, our flesh may not want to, but praise God, it doesn't matter. God's got a good plan for our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I want every head bowed right now, every eye closed. If you're here today and things are not right in your life between you and the Master, you can make them right right now. All you got to do is ask Him. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All you got to do is ask Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I want us all just to say this prayer together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If that's fitting for you, you just join in. Praise God. I'd like us all just to pray that together. Just mix your faith with it in your heart. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your great patience with me in my life. Thank you for never letting go of me. I ask you to forgive me today and to cleanse me from everything that's not right. Have your way in my life. I give in and give up my ways right now. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name. Satan, get out of my life. You have no place in me. Only God lives in me.
I ask you, Father, to help me to do better, to be better, to walk according to how you've called me. I ask you to lead me, to guide me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for ministering to hearts right now. In Jesus' name, by your spirit. Lord, it's you. We can't do it without you. We've been called out, but we've been called into a brand new life. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad old things are passed away? Behold, all things has become brand new. Amen. Let's just give him praise right now. Father, we just bless you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Amen. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.